Hi, everyone. This is Scott Cantrell. Welcome to this episode of Consulting with Authority. Excited to be joined by a friend of mine, someone I've known for a number of months now. I think we met during the craziness of the world known as the pandemic, and uh, he graciously agreed to uh, to be a guest on the show. I'm here with Brian McDonald. He's a partner in On Purpose Growth, and they work with their clients on all things sales. I'll let him explain a little bit and define what that means in just a second. Brian, thank you so much for coming on. Glad to have you. Oh my gosh, this, this is awesome, Scott. I appreciate you, uh, you having me on. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, good. Well, I know our past conversations have always been fruitful and yeah. um, always, always a good time. And I've got, you know, pages of notes from our past conversations and I've got my, my pen and my notepad ready today. So I know I'm ready to jot down along with everybody who's listening. Obviously, if you're driving, just, you know, commit it to memory. Um, <laughs> Brian, thanks so much for joining. I wanted to start uh, this interview. Just let us know a little about your background and, yep. and how On Purpose Growth was born. Just kind of give us the backstory a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I've been in sales my whole 25 plus 20 plus year career. Uh, and and uh, that was all oriented around. Um, I had one corporate job uh, out of college, but uh, for a year, but after that, it was just um, uh, maybe I was maybe called a hired gun. I would uh, be given a desk and a phone and saying, hey, here's who we sell to. Uh, let me know when you need help. And, yeah. and that was, that was my training, right? So I had to create revenue, you know, out of nowhere. And, um, one of the ways on purpose growth was born. Um, uh, I've got two partners, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff and Gavin and, uh, sake of argument and long story, uh, Jeff was uh, running a, a B2B networking group that Gavin and I paid to be a part of. And, uh, and after a while, Jeff had said, hey, uh, uh, I'm going to start uh, a consulting and coaching business on purpose growth. And I want you to come with us. And I was like, OK, let, that was interesting. And, and I said, why? And he, he literally on a whiteboard said, here's what you do when you go um, into uh, any, any sales job that, that you've done. And he kind of mapped out what I did. Uh, and he said, I want to teach people that. Oh, cool. And it was, it was amazing because I didn't, um, I wasn't even maybe fully aware of what, what you were I, doing, what I was doing. Right. It, yeah. Because, because along the way, you know, I mean, I, I, uh, I had mentors, uh, I hired mentors and outside help to help me since, um, I think my second or third year out of college mm-hmm. in the professional world. So I would take piece of this piece of that piece of this piece of that. Uh, and, and when I put it all together, it just, it worked masterfully. Um, and, and Jeff had said, Hey, you apply systems thinking, to this sales game. And I want to, uh, uh, and I know how to do that. I want to go help uh, a bunch of other businesses do that. Uh, so, uh, eventually he, he, he corralled me away, uh, of the, uh, the place I was working at and, and we jumped into on purpose growth. So, um, what on purpose growth is, is a coaching and consulting firm that serves, uh, entrepreneurs with ambitious yearly or multi-year revenue goals, um, actually fulfill that ambition. So on the coaching side, uh, we're working with um, experts, consultants, um, coaches, um, entrepreneurs, people who develop some skill, expertise, or love of something in corporate America. And now they're using that skill or expertise to uh, serve small and medium-sized businesses. And uh, on the consulting side, it's businesses who are family-owned, uh, privately held, clearly, that uh, have hit some type of sales plateau, and and we actually help them uh, get through that. Along the way, here I can I can give some stories about you know what that looks like, um, but our philosophy is create an effective system to to operate in. Um, and that will be more effective than just skilling yourself up. So said another way, you can't outskill a bad system. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. So while, while our competition is out there 
doing sales training, uh, that's like the last thing that we do. That's, that's what completes some projects or, or big yep. projects. What we start at is process strategy, um, system, um, uh, uh, differentiation, but that I, I'd throw that into, uh, to strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we go from top down, um, because we feel that, you know, salespeople, employees, they're do, they, they want to do their best. They're doing right. their best and they're a product of the system that they're in. Yep. Sure. That makes perfect sense. So you said you can't outskill a bad system. Uh, I, I love that because I've been, I've, I've been part of very good systems and I'm working on that now, right? Refining my existing business. Uh, but I've certainly been <laughs> caught in the, in the other way, right? Where uh, I or my team is very good at something, but we, it's, it's churn and burn, not churn and burn. We're, we're running as fast as we can totally. with all of our clients and the fulfillment delivery is keeping us from, from growing because yes. there's no system and we're doing the same thing over and over again. And we're reinventing the wheel every, well, it feels like every single day. And yeah, every, every proposal is new and different. Um, and it just, yeah, I, I can totally, I, I can empathize. I've been there. Um, and well, one thing to add to this too, because sure. it's important, and I, I leave this out because it's like one of those things I've internalized is all of this thinking, right. Um, starts with the, the, the client and the ideal client profile in mind, meaning your strategy is derived from that. Your sales process is derived from that. Your offers are derived from that. Your, um, how you serve them is derived from that, is driven from that. So uh, it's, you know, there's many people out there, especially in the consulting and, uh, and the expert world that, that they, they naturally want to go wide yeah. Uh, be general, be, be more general than not help as many people as possible. And we find that is actually the slowest way to fulfill your ambition. It's a little, uh, um, so it's kind of speeding down or uh, slowing down to speed up. It's a little, uh, what do they call that? Um, uh, uh, counterintuitive. Counterintuitive. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Counterintuitive, <laughs> but we've seen it work hundreds of times, yeah. hundreds of times. Well, let's dive into that because I, I think that's really interesting. And I know a lot of consultants that I'll engage with or work with fall into the same trap. And I won't say that I haven't been guilty of it too. Um, in my previous company, we were, and this is actually a, a relevant a relevant note, in my previous company, because the nature of that company, we only had a very narrow vertical. It was a very sliced vertical. We knew what our universe was, it was, you know, in North America, we almost had an entire list of everybody, right? And yeah. so it was a very focused, it was a big enough universe for us to build a good business in, but it was a very targeted slice of a very specific mm-hmm. vertical. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my new business, I'm broader, um, mm-hmm. but I'm still trying to focus on, you know, business to business consultants within a certain, you know, uh, maturity level. Uh, so it's still a slice. But as I'm hearing you speak, I'm wondering to myself, could I slice it even further? And, and, and this is what, this is, this now is leading to the question. Yeah. How do you think about slicing a vertical? Cause there's different ways to do it, right? There's obviously ge- the things we, the things that are obvious in terms of business size is a way geography, of course, could be a way, but I think there's two primal ways. I want you to speak to this. There's this, there's slicing it in terms of the services you, you, you deliver. So we're only going to do one, two, one or two things. We're only going to focus on these three things and we're only going to serve this narrow vertical uh, or we're only serving this vertical. So that's one way to slice is in terms of the services you provide. Mm -hmm. The other way to slice is by having, having a very narrow vertical and getting it as specific as possible. Would you recommend one of those options or both of those options or what's your perspective on how to get clarity on this? Cause I know there are a lot of generalists out yeah. there. And yep. they say, I, I want to be the general practitioner from the MD world. I can help everybody. Why would I limit myself? And your point is the reason you would limit yourself is so that you can actually help more people because you're yep. going to get traction faster. Anyway, uh, speak totally. to that. Uh, so I would say yes. And okay. Right? Yeah. So, um, because there's, um, there's a couple different pers- ways to look at this, right. Um, 
uh, how do I articulate? Cause this is, this is like a black hole. Um, yeah, it's a big topic. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes what it is, is, um, uh, a specific problem, like the, the, like the more general one, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, <clears throat> um, you're, you're working with consultants and, uh, what was it? Coaches and uh, what yeah. was coaches and advisors and consultants. Got yeah. it. Okay. So it could be that group. And one way to slice it is focusing on a certain problem that, that a certain slice of them have. Right. So, um, uh, let, let me talk about this in my, uh, in our consulting business, right? So you have, uh, businesses that uh, are out there that want to improve sales. And there's a lot of them that just say, I want to skill up my salespeople. Right. Yeah. Uh, but others are thinking, you know what? Uh, no, the way I think is I'm always, I'm a systems thinker and I'm trying to improve my systems, my, my, my strategy and whatnot. So uh, think about slicing the problem that way, right? It's, it's kind of like a psychographic profile, right? It's, yeah. hey, you're going after a certain problem of these, these general, like a wider, a, a wider um, uh, bunch of people, right? But you're looking for a certain problem, right? So let, let's talk about um, the people that I described with uh, on our coaching side of the business, right? You're, you develop some skill or expertise in corporate America. Um, and, and it's not sales. You know, think of CFO consultant, right. improvement consultant, HR consultant. Right. Uh, and you spend time in corporate America and now you're coming into the entrepreneur world, right? So think of that person. That person is not a serial entrepreneur. Right. That person does not have a sales background. Uh, they have certain problems that I get to speak into. Uh, uh, and they, they, what I get a lot is, wow, Brian, that sounds like me, like yeah. perfect, right? Right. That's, that's what you're looking right. for. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. Right. Um, so it could be that, or, uh, so that's from, let's say that's based in from their perspective, right? There's another perspective you can, um, you can look at by saying, Hey, what is it that, what is it, uh, good that I do that operationally I can do very effectively. And then who in the marketplace can, Mm -hmm. does it solve for that? So here's an example, right? There was a company we were working with that went from uh, uh, dad to daughter. Dad was still in the business, but daughter was basically running it and uh, stuck at $10 million for five years, right? They were hovering around 10 million, couldn't figure out what what the problem was, right? Mm-hmm. So they sold uh, temporary heating and cooling equipment to 90% of the business was construction. 10% was um, single unit uh, commercial real estate. Uh, think okay. of, uh, yeah. or, or strip malls, right? Think of yep. retail stores, right? Yep. Um, so uh, long story short is we, we, we figured out that the value they brought and they thought they had to the construction industry, the construction industry didn't care, right? We, we went to them with our top seven clients. We said, hey, we're reliable on time. Um, we, you know, we're, we're reasonable on price. And they all to a T said, I don't care about that. Uh, we knew dad when it was dad, truck, yeah. and dream. And, and he's always been great to us, right? And yeah. you can't duplicate that off of salespeople. So we asked, them, we asked them, why, why, why can you say you're good at that. And they go, oh, well, here's what happens. Here's what we do. When we get an order before a piece of machinery leaves the, our, our facility, we test it to make sure it works. It gets, goes on a truck. It drives to the location, wherever it's going to be dropped off. And before it gets off that truck, we test it. Wow. And we know one, one to 2% of the time it doesn't work. And, and they do this process in their sleep. Right. It's just, it's just how we see the world, what we do. Right. So we said, okay. So, um, and the, they thought the construction industry cared about that and they didn't, they only cared about price. So we said, okay, who, who, where else does this solve a problem? And they go, Hey, the other, the 10% that we do business with. Right. And we said, why, why is that? Well, you know, think of, uh, like yesterday here in Chicago, you, you're, this weather may be coming to you at like 
4.30 in the afternoon, it was 103 degrees. Yep. That's where we are in Nashville too. 95% humidity, right? It yep. was hotter than a dog. So um, think about uh, if, if you, if you and I were here in Chicago and it was 103, we went into a Panera and their air conditioning wasn't working. We're walking out. That's probably we're, yeah. we're going to the place that has it. Right. So here's the problem. These people don't have heating in the summer or heating in the winter and cooling in the summer. They can't open their doors and, or they lose revenue. Yep. So, uh, and, uh, so, Hey, this reliability solves a problem. The other thing is, uh, we asked them, you know, so talk to me about your competitors in this space. They're like, Oh, competitors in space. The biggest problem our prospects have in this space is that the people they rent off of a majority of the time when they rent this equipment, it doesn't work. So not only wow. they, they solve two problems at once. So what we did was we, we said, okay, you have something good that you do. It's highly relevant to this slice of people in the market. What we did is we create a hypothesis of, um, of a, an offer a sales process and mm-hmm. kind of like a talk track. And we went out and we tested it and it worked. We're like, okay, so we're going to scale this. Right. Yep. So, you know, when I said the last thing we do is skill up salespeople, once we tested this and we proved our hypothesis, then we skilled up the salespeople. We said, Hey, here's who you're looking for. You're going to look for these people. Here's what they care about. If they, if they're not talking about these subjects, or care they're about not, subjects, yeah. move on they're, yep. They look like a prospect, but they're not right. Yep. So uh, here's what happened. And I think it's like something like nine, uh, nine months revenue went up 1.7 and profit went up 1.8 because these people, wow. these people, uh, paid more. They didn't beat them up on price. It was, uh, uh, I don't know. I didn't even tell you the offer. Here was the offer. The offer was you sign a retainer contract with us and a piece of equipment shows up here and doesn't work. We'll pay your days lost revenue. Wow. It, 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 it went like hot, hot cakes, right? Of course. Yeah. Like, oh and that, that's what I want as a business owner. Exactly. That's what I want to have guaranteed. It's like, totally. I, I don't, I don't need you to go promise to get a new system. Nope. I lost that day's revenue. Yep. That's what 100%. I want. Yeah. hundred percent. And they knew, and everybody's going to think, listen to this. There's many people, not everybody thinking, well, that's a lot of money. How do they afford that? Well, we had a data point that said, one to two percent of the time, it doesn't it doesn't work. So you it's about speed, right? Yeah. It's about speed. Like I'll lose one or two of these because I'm going to win ninety eight per ninety eight of them. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly, right. So you're gonna uh, you're always going to have some margin of loss. They they knew the predictability in this. So yeah. so what they did was they 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 started selling less to construction more to these places and then scaled it uh, uh, across all the markets they were in, right? So I tell you the story to explain to everybody. Sometimes it's you start with a customer in mind. Sometimes you start with yourself. But when you start with yourself, you're still thinking about customer and you're thinking about what can I do really well, right? Um, How can I deliver? I think you were mentioning about how uh, fulfillment and uh, what would get in the way, like we're really going to fulfillment, right? I see that as part of your sales process. Like you're yep. like the sale isn't end when they say yes. Correct. The sale ends when the, the work is complete and yeah. they're happy, right? Yep. Like that's, that's the whole continuum. Um, I mean, I've worked for businesses where they were great at bringing people in the front door, but it, it was like a leaky faucet out the back door. Like they were just running over people. People were leaving because we couldn't perform. We couldn't perform, right? Yeah, uh, and that turns into a sales problem. That's good. So I, I don't know if how far off if I went too much far off in the tangent, but it's you know, I mean the, the the revenue dollars that I just described tells you, hey, when I focus, uh, I'm going to be able to get a lot, and and I, people do want to be generalists, mm-hmm. but I, that's typically when they're looking at large businesses, right? Like large businesses have brands they can leverage off of to sell other things. Think of Amazon, right? Like in specific verticals and specific verticals, right? It's, they have different capabilities. They have different resources, right? I'm not saying never be a generalist. I'm saying there's a timeframe for that. Like build your business in iterations and you'll, and you'll, uh, 
you'll build it faster. Yeah. So just to recap, you mentioned there are two ways to do this. Um, one is start with the problem and then mm-hmm. find the specific slice of people who have that problem, right? Yep. That's a way to target. The second way is to start with what I refer to as your superpower. What do you yep. do really well and efficiently that you can mm-hmm. deliver in a systematized way, presumably, and then ask yourself the question, what slice of the market uh, is going to get understand that value and get the most bang for the buck when you when you do that thing? Totally. So either yeah. either or both of those. Yeah. Right. And and with the, the latter, mm-hmm. taking something that you're good at, the big part of this is you can't judge or force it into a slice of the market that you want. Yeah, yeah, you've got to listen to the market. Determines, yeah. It determines where you go, right? Uh, uh, if, if many times I've crossed people where they're like, hey, I'm really good at this and I'm taking in this market and they're not taking it, right? The market is not the problem, you are. Yeah, right. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So now that there's a vertical established, right? And we've we've carved out this, this thin slice of the vertical where we can be, uh, hyper-specific in mm-hmm. terms of the problem we solve or the solutions we bring and so forth. Um, now we have that ability. I think mm-hmm. where a lot of people go wrong is they say, I get that being a specialist would potentially allow me to raise my prices, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that for those people, it might be more valuable, but I still have to get in front of those people and have a compelling conversation. So I think what you were, what you, what you articulated, or at least what you implied earlier is that having that, that, tighter, that more narrow slice of the market, that more focused slice of the market actually allows you to create that traction faster and easier. Maybe you can speak to that that gap that people have. I know that, okay, I've got my vertical in my head. I've got a small slice of it. I understand that I could be more valuable, but there's still this gap. I still got to get in front of those people. Maybe you can speak to how having that narrow gap allows you to get more traction. Well, it tells you clearly right when you take time to think of it right where they're at how to find them where to look okay uh uh i mean here people can do this you can go to that slice of the market and just interview them and and like here, what we do is we will create we've created products before uh with uh, an understanding of a market we go take it to 10 people, run them through it, have them give us feedback, uh, listen to how they talk about it, how they articulate their problems. And then we make adjustments and we do it again. And then we test it again. And and we've done it. We've done it up to three times. Um, And along the way, you're finding out, right? Like, hey, like, uh, where do you spend your time? Or, hey, if I presented it this way, uh, what do you think about that? Right. The, I found, um, so many phenomenal answers to the questions I have from my prospects, uh, and the markets that I'm trying to get into. They want to help you solve the problem. Um, uh, they want to help you get in front of more of them. Uh, they, they have the answer you, and you can get it from them. You just have to think about them first, right? It's, when we're working with clients, invariably, it's always in the beginning pressuring, like, okay, I understand that's your perspective. What, what would they say? Like, how would they think about it? Right. Put yourself in their seat. Uh, and, and, and you start getting the answers. And you also, when you, when you're thinking about this from the, from their perspective, uh, you start finding those places or you start finding the ways to get them, get to them. Um, uh, I, I don't know how other way to articulate it. It just happens. I think you probably do this yeah. too. So it's, sure. It's, it's just it's simple. Do some of that work. Yeah. Well, I can imagine. I mean, what you said at the top of the question I just asked, I think is it's something I don't want to glaze over and I want to rearticulate it so that, so that I remember it, but also so that everybody listening and watching does too. And what you said is when you have a tight enough, I'm paraphrasing, so yeah. feel free to clarify, but when you have a tight enough slice of the, of the vertical of the market, you know, specifically who they are, then the other questions are a whole lot easier to answer. Totally. Um, what they're looking for, where they are, how to access them, who else might have access to them, right? All those questions become easier to answer 
mm-hmm. when you're tight enough on the vertical. And that's, to be fair, I think it's something that I intuitively knew, but I don't think I've ever said that out loud. Yeah. Um, this idea of narrowing the focus actually makes access of that vertical easier because you can get to the answers easier. The answers yeah. are more clear. Right. If you just say, oh, uh, I want to market to plumbers. Right. Okay. well, I I can think of some trade associations and some magazines and stuff like that. But in terms of the message that I'm taking to taking to them and in terms of which plumbers are going to be more apt to buy my thing as opposed to my competitors thing or whatever, how I don't know that. Right. Right. I I don't know that. And so this point that you're making and then the secondary piece to it is (laughs) once you have that vertical slice talk to them and yeah. they'll tell you all the answers, talk yeah. to them, bring value and just have those conversations. And they'll, they'll, and I've had that same experience. Um, I think you've done it a whole lot more than I have, but when I've, when I've done that type of research, I've had the exact same experience where they are as a rule more than generous with their opinions and their time and their expertise. And if you're approaching it right, they truly do want to, as a rule, they want to help you. Yeah, they- um, they, they, they want to help you. And when you do it in a, in a, uh, an environment where, where that, that can happen. Right. So there's people probably watching or listening to this thinking, okay, but I don't even know how to approach them. Yeah. Here's how to do it. You tell them, Hey, Scott, um, you look like my ideal client profile. Would you mind if I interviewed you? I'm not going to sell you anything. I promise. And side note, you have to stay in integrity with that. Like this is an interview. It's not a sales conversation. Um, uh, And just be open and transparent about it. There are people that would be excited to, to, to help you. Right. Uh, And, um, uh, and, and, and actually here's one other piece of data uh, to, to, to illustrate this when you, uh, and why I said, don't sell. So um, there's a buyer sellers dance that 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 happens that is just doesn't work right. It's a psychological principle or psychological some go on psychology doesn't work. Like, and and here's how that shows up is we had a client in the technology space that was selling to uh, the healthcare space, right? Mm-hmm. And they would come up with products. Well, they came up with a product that um, fought fraud and waste okay. in the healthcare system. I won't go into too much detail, but so. Um, they had a bunch of clients and they had a bunch of prospects that they knew they could get meetings with these people uh, about this new fraud and waste product, but they couldn't, they, nothing moved past the first sale. Nothing did. So when we went back to these people with them under a, Hey, I just want to talk to you like market research. I want to talk to you about, uh, uh, kind of about what's going on. I'm not going to sell you anything. When we're in that conversation, what we found out was the people who were actually prospects were waiting for them to talk about the data transfer and how they're good at data transfer. Because any time that these companies had tried this automated fraud and waste, that was the breakdown. The, 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 it, it never got started because they couldn't get it going. Right. So they're sitting back in these meetings waiting for the uh, this company to tell them, hey, we were really good at uh, at data transfer, but not opening up and telling them because they're in a sales situation. Yep. When they're in a marketing situation or a, a market research situation, they're happy to say. They're happy to say it, right? Because the rules of the game are different, right? Yep. The rules of the game are different. Uh, so, uh, and what happened with that was uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars of uh of of um i'm trying to bring for a test uh they call it something that technology space um were like a hey, viability I'll, test or something like that yeah something like that like yeah. we'll 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 bring on we'll bring on you know if, uh 10% of what a contract is to test this out and if okay. it works we'll do the rest well uh it was hundreds of thousands of dollars within the first you know 6 months that uh they put on uh the books with uh with just that test uh, test market or, or a test run. And that 10 X once they proved it worked. I gotcha. I gotcha. Crazy. So one, one thing I'm fascinated by, cause there's so many firms and consultants out there. I'm talking about business development, you know, consultants or agencies and some touch on this, but very few do it well and very few spend any meaningful time on it. And it sounds like it is a cornerstone 
of both your development process as well as even your 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 going to market strategy. And that is what you just said. It's what we've been talking about the last few minutes, this market research idea. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, so many people, it's easy, it's easy to fall in love with your own product, your own service, or even your own, your own uh, target market, right? Mm -hmm. You think that's your target market. You fall in love with those types of people. You're like, no, that's my target market. Yeah. But your service. Yeah. But no, that's my target market. And we kind of leave the objective fact-finding and data behind in, totally. in, in honor of our emotional connection to things. But it sounds like you guys have a very um, objective approach when you, when you do this market research process. You've talked a little bit about, about that, but I think this is such a, such a gap in so many people's effort in terms of the work they're doing. We've talked about market research as, as you know, in, in the ways of thinking about who your target market is, You've just given us an example about a product and and the market research process there. Maybe speak about market research in general and how you guys think about it um, and how you're because it sounds like it really is. I, I don't want to say found. Well, I think it's probably safe to say it's foundational to the work that you do. Yeah, it's core. Um, it's core to what we do because the the answer is always in the prospect, right? It does. It doesn't matter what I right. think. At all, right? At all. I mean, we've made some changes and adjustments in our business because the data in front of us tells us something that we didn't think was relevant, right? And at all, right? It doesn't yeah, matter, right? At all, it doesn't matter. So, um, I don't, what else can I tell you? Uh, I feel like I'm going to go back into the same stories. It's, um, it's, it's just this is like a a, a lean continuous improvement, yeah. theory constraints, kind of this thinking they, they applied in manufacturing and things like that applied to sales. Yeah. Um, because what you want to do is, is what we're really, sometimes we tell prospects this, sometimes not, it's not we're hiding, but really what we're focused on is where can we get a throughput of sales? How can we produce a throughput of sales to get from this version of the company to yeah. this version of the company. Because when we get here uh, now, it, it uh, we have new resources, new capabilities, and we may make an adjustment. We may not, but you yeah. kind of apply the thinking again, right? So um, the this is lots of growth sprints, we call them, where it's, yeah. you know, hey, let's make a hypothesis. Let's, let's look at what we're doing. Let's look at the market and where are the patterns that, um, that, that match, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and the data is going to tell us, right? And when I use the word data, I'm not talking big data. I'm mm-hmm. just talking information, right? Like uh, the, the market research, if you will. Um, uh, it, it, you have to let go of your personal bias, personal opinions, you know, it's because it's not about you, right? Right, it's, right. It's never about you. Um, and this kind of boils down, you can do like bigger projects like this, or, you know, I mean, I we're talking about some major shifts in companies, but I've done this with like single consultants where sure. um, uh, applying it to, uh, like I work with a lot of EOS implementers and, okay. mm-hmm. um, and, and I, not all of them, right? I just had a meeting with one uh, in Atlanta and we had a, a second call and he didn't have a problem I could fix. He had yeah. some questions, right? But not problem, right? So there, the um, uh, typically what, uh, when I meet at a consultant that's unfocused, what's happening is they've got a really big pipeline and that pipeline has a bunch of trash in it, yeah. right? Uh, it, like, and uh, it's because one, they don't, they haven't committed. I was about to say they don't have an ideal client profile. That's not true. They haven't committed it to one, yeah, to yeah. the one, right? They're trying to take every profile and make it fit in the one they are. So they haven't committed to it. Um, when they commit to it, and then you take that, you know, psychographic and demographic profile and you ask, Hey, does this one fit? Does this one in the pipeline? Does this one pipeline fit? Invariably, you reduce the number of people in that pipeline. Yep. And I am 100% okay with that because I call it like a reality check. I'd rather have 
five real deals than 50 people I'm chasing. Yep. Right. Exactly. It's going to save you a lot of time. A lot of time and energy, right? You're more likely to win those five than you are if they're amongst the other 45. Exactly. Right. So you can apply this to this thinking to uh, early on when I'm working with these consultants, it's okay. Who's the ideal client profile? Okay. We're not clear on that. We get clear on who that is and who it isn't. Yeah. I think that's the missing piece, the contrast, because if you don't have the contrast of who it isn't, what happens is, is you have this profile and you try to make things fit in it. Yeah. Right. I, I make up stories about that. Like, oh, this is why that one's there. Right. So invariably we reduce um, the, the, we get really clear on that. We reduce the number of people in the pipeline. And the thing that happens is more of the right people show up into that pipeline because you know who you're looking for. You know who to decline, yeah. right? Uh, uh, you because it. This is a, about spending more time with the right people and less time with the wrong people. Yeah. Because the wrong people will waste your time. Yep. And 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 as consultants like you and I, were, you know, there's not many employees. It's we are the business. Yeah. You, we don't have time to waste. Yeah. All you have is time. So, um, I think we think about this globally, right? Uh, where where can we apply this thinking in into sales processes? Um, into, um, I mean, clearly ideal client profile, um, into messaging, into, um, uh, into serving, right? Like what, what does, what does this profile, I like, for instance, there's these EOS implementers, Mm -hmm. I serve them differently than the, uh, other outsourced professionals that that I serve because they, based on their business, only have certain capacity and ability. Yeah. So my offer and my, my offer to them is something specific uh, because I know that's what they're going to accept and that's yeah. what they want, right? If yeah. I'm trying to stick them in something different, that's my fault. And you've had those conversations with them to figure that out and to hone in mm-hmm. on what that solution is going to be most compelling to them that you can provide in an efficient yeah. way. Yeah. And, 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 and here's, you know, and this is always like, I'm always checking in on myself and making sure I'm refining, right? Like, uh, so I think this is an ongoing process and, and, and here's uh, kind of another data point on, on how this works is um, I figured out timing, right? Mm-hmm. There, I figured out a time element that was important to a certain consultant profile that, um, Hey, when I reach out to them during certain times, I'm going to get a higher response rate. Uh, I, I won't go into detail what that was because I had to tell a last story, but I'll tell you the results of a test campaign I did on LinkedIn. I, I applied a specific timing and I did a test of a, of, I think it was like 15 or 20. It wasn't any more than 20 of them. I got like a 55% response rate, mm-hmm. a 35% book a call rate. Wow. And there was 10% in there that said, Hey, Brian, now is not a good time. I definitely want to talk to you. Can we book a meeting for the fall? So I got another ten percent. I mean, they're in the future. So yeah, I'm but they're totally but, but, but they responded those, in a in an affirmative in some way. Yeah, totally. The, I mean, the response. I mean, you're marketing, right? The response was That's unheard of. Pretty right? wild. Yeah, it was wild, right? Um, and then I just I I mean, when I actually started scaling that, I. Uh, I mean, the, those numbers didn't extrapolate like perfectly out, but they stayed really high. And yeah. what happened is I had to stop reaching out to them because I was, I was running out of time to meet with them because I was filling up my calendar. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, that's, I'm, that's I'm, a good problem. I'm, that's a good problem to have. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so there's, there's definitely different ways to, to look at this. And the more you understand, the more um, ideas you have on ways to capitalize this. Cause I've been working with this profile for three or four years. And I just realized something like, Oh, I got a deep understanding and there's this certain factor of timing and I applied it and bam, it, it, worked. it was awesome. Uh, yeah. And it can be, it can be a tiny little hinge that swings open a big door totally. uh, to totally. your point. Um, the next place I want to go, and you've kind of alluded to it already and that is one of the things that you guys focus on is developing the sales process is the systemization of it. So when someone, whether it's a solopreneur or even a, a larger organization, how do you guys think about, or what are some key things to do or think about as someone looks at their sales process and they're like, I'm, 
I'm way too involved in this. I am the bottleneck. I need to systematize this in some way so that I can be more efficient with my time as it relates to the sales process. What maybe yeah. any guidance or notes you have related to systemization of the sales process? Uh, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it's you gotta, okay. You got to think of you got to think of the ideal client profile, and and uh, and we think about this as a a seller's and a buyer's process, right? Okay, we've got a document that you build how they go down and how you move through it, right? Um, one thing is is coming up coming up with ways to kick people out at the top of the funnel, meaning make pro- people who look like prospects but aren't real prospects out at the beginning. And, and, uh, and here's, here's how that shows up is uh, I have a client, Larry, who um, when I met him in February of 2018, he was closing 10% of the proposals he was making on a monthly basis. Okay. Worked on his ideal client profile, sales, sales and buyers process by October of that same year, because he's a CFO, he, he tracks everything, everything, yeah. right? He was closing 70 to 80% of the proposals he was making on a monthly basis. Wow. And one of the reasons why many people hear, oh, he was making more offers. Wrong. He wasn't. He was, he was getting people out of his sales process early, at the top, yeah. early because he knew what he was looking for, right? Yep. He knew, um, and he also would, or we tell everybody this is you have to have um, something between each step of your sales process that allows the, the buyer to put in um, not equal, but relative time, energy, and resources. Because if they do, they become a better prospect the farther down the, uh, you know, the pipeline. Yep. So think about ways you can, um, can qualify people at at the beginning of your sales process to, um, to have them self-select out. Do you mind giving some examples of those trigger points on some things that you may have done with other clients about building in that point mm-hmm. where you're asking the client to, to take an action or do something in particular? Yeah. So uh, I got another client, Aaron, who's a, another CFO consultant and um, uh, like in, in his in his second meeting, he does a 15-minute call mm-hmm. to say, hey, is there is there a problem here that I can fix? Yeah. Um, and then after that, he's got a meeting to kind of explain what he does and, and, and how he helps and finding out a lot about the company. At that point in time, in the second step of the sales process, he does a financial analysis. And if people do not turn over some portion of their finances he doesn't move forward. Gotcha. It's a requirement because one, it tells him, you know, information about the company, right? Right. Like he, he knows some data point. Right. And two, if you don't give this to him, it must not be that big of a deal for you. There's no urgency or, or, or such a lack of trust that it's not going to be a meaningful uh, relationship anyway. Exactly. Right. So, so I would say, and I want people to, to, hear this, right? You want to, and I want to be clear, you want to give people some hoops to jump through, yeah. but that hoop is not about your ego. That hoop is not about making it difficult for them. The hoop is about relevance. It has to add value to you and to them at the same time. If it's not, you know, kick them out. Right? What you're getting at is the better the better quality prospects are going to be the ones that see that I'll call it a trigger or that, that ask, whatever it is, that request, they're going to see that as necessary to the process for them to get the result they want. In other words, it's going to be that hoop that you're asking to jump through is not just about setting up a qualifier. It does that, but it's really about setting up a, a relevancy. It's a relevancy test. How, how relevant is my solution to this prospect? Let's find out. I'm going to set yeah. this qualifier up, this hoop up, and if they jump through it, my solution's more relevant to them than it was before. I, or I know, I know that my solution is more relevant to them than I knew before. Totally, totally. Yeah, that makes perfect um, sense. So, and here are some other ways: is you know maybe some type of questionnaire uh, in the beginning mm-hmm. that that one people have to put some time and energy into. 
right? Uh, so if they do it, okay, you're 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 more committed, if you will. Yep. Um, uh, and two, it it gives you some initial data to to be able to know, hey, what's coming in this meeting? Yeah. Um, uh, like we've got something where it's an assessment, right? It's it's not a. Uh, it, it basically s- starts asking people questions about you know, um, their business, like, can they communicate, do they have a sales process? Do they, uh, communicate, um, their, how, how well they, they communicate their offer, like things like that. And it gives them, you know, a report, right. Um, we want things to, to test it, to say, Hey, like make it $99, make it free. Right. Uh, we tested those out to test those out to see like, Hey, which one, and here's the key, which one produces a better prospect. Yep. And sometimes it's the free and sometimes it's not right. Yep. It, the data is the thing that matters. Another idea is, um, you know, doing like uh, focus groups or um, uh, I don't want to say focus groups, but like little, little, maybe mini meetings where, or your, or kind of, you know, uh, presentations like webinars or something like that, yep. uh, you know, and um uh, and making some type of offer slash hoop at the end that, you know, takes the 50 people that are on it. And now you've only got, you know, four, uh, and now one, you're prospecting in a leveraged way. Uh, and two, you're having people kind of select, self-select themselves out at the yeah. beginning. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there's many things, right. Right. Uh, no, that- that's that's great, and I think the key thing is just asking yourself those questions. What could I do to yep. create those relevancy hoops, those those trigger points for my prospects early in the process, so I'm not spinning my wheels, or worse, spending a whole bunch of time only to be ghosted by the person. Right, right? when I'm three quarters away through the sales process, they've gotten everything they wanted. Right. Yeah. And I could have disqualified them early if I'd made them jump through a hoop or two, and I didn't. And now I'm trying to chase them down and they've ghosted me. Now it's, it's probably still going to happen from time to time, but the point is it's less likely, right? You're putting the odds in your favor by asking them to qualify themselves in uh, on some kind of uh, a consistent basis through the process. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Um, We're coming up on time. This has been fantastic. I want to get our last couple of questions in. And one of those is, Top lessons learned personally or professionally that, you know, it's just some wisdom you might want to impart to the group. You've already imparted a ton. I'm on page four of my notes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I've been scribbling as fast as I can. But any other lessons uh, learned that, that you might just want to share with everybody? You know, I think entrepreneurship. I mean, if you're a consultant, consultant expert coach, you're an entrepreneur, um, that your business grows directly proportionate to how much you grow yourself. Mm. The more this is about who you're becoming uh, and your and your business comes along for the ride. Um, I, I and and I'm looking I'm, I'm actually testing out this theory all the time and uh, looking at myself, looking at clients. And every time I can check that box, I can yeah. check that box 100 percent of the time um, Two, uh, there is no failure. There's only learning. Yeah, this is best. Yeah. If you if you apply that, you won't. Well, you'll you'll I'll say it this way: you'll catch yourself doing this, the the wrong things over and over again. You, you'll you you'll catch yourself doing that less, right? I'm not saying yeah. you won't do it, but you know you'll catch it. Um, the third thing is embrace help hmm. because. I don't think I've met anybody. I'm trying to think. I don't think I've met any entrepreneur that has the success that I want yeah. that has has done it alone. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's and and that's about for me. That's about being humble and hungry and admitting to myself that I don't know. Yeah. Because, because I get the answer when I I admit that I don't know that I don't know. Right. Right. And those are, those are fantastic. Um, those are very good. 
And uh, I'm not just saying that. Uh, they're, they're always good. Those are especially good, perhaps because they're the ones I, maybe I needed to hear myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> uh, so maybe they just resonate with me a little bit more. Um, this has been fantastic. If someone wants to work with you, if they're interested in your services, or maybe they have clients they want to refer to you, what's the best way for someone to enter into your world? So there's uh, two places. If you want to connect directly with me, um, you can go to McDonald Brian. It's my last name, first name, Brian with a Y.com. Uh, that would take you to uh, anywhere. Uh, and right now it's taking you to my LinkedIn profile. I spent a okay. lot of time on LinkedIn. So uh, in the future, it just may take you to, you know, my personal website. And the other place is, uh, is on purposegrowth.com. Uh, uh, we're actually redoing, you know, some stuff on that right now. So there's going to be a lot of resources and, um, and things. And, and we're going to uh, actually be starting a Slack community. Great. Uh, yeah. Soon. So you'll, when you come to onpurposegrowth.com, you'll be able to access that, that Slack community. And it's just a place where people can, um, uh, if you're an entrepreneur of any size business, um, you can come to ask questions, get support from the like-minded community uh, and, uh, and us. And eventually we're going to be doing some, uh, once we launch that, be doing some office hours and other things with that community. So um, we're on a mission to uh, helping small business not only um, survive, but thrive. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we want to create as much impact as possible. Uh, and, and we've created that community with, like I've said, with the, the customers in mind at first. So, um, uh, and, and we've, we've already building a, a community of people that are waiting to come in that they'll help you. They'll be there to support you. They'll be there to talk to you. So I definitely encourage awesome. people to come there. That's excellent. No, that's fantastic. Very, very good. Listen, Brian, thank you so much for the time. Um, uh, all the expertise, uh, your, your view and perception of how you think about business and market research and everything we talked about. Very, very helpful. I know everyone got to got, uh, if they paid attention at all, they got a ton of value out of it. So I appreciate it. Um, for, for consulting with authority, this is Scott Cantrell, as always, wishing you all the best of success. Thank you for listening. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I want to thank the sponsor of our show, Smart Solutions Media. Smart Solutions Media empowers business owners, consultants, and other independent professionals to easily attract better prospects, and transform them into long-term clients. If you're a B2B consultant or service professional and would like to start filling your pipeline with better quality prospects, visit us on the web at smartsolutionsmedia.com to learn more about what we can do to help you. Be sure to complete the short two-minute accelerated growth scorecard you can find on the website and you'll receive a complimentary strategy session where we'll give you specific insights and recommendations to help you attract high-value clients. Until next time, Make sure you are consulting with authority.